the 12th Sunday after Trinity, August 30th, 2020. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, by your gift alone, your faithful people render true and laudable service. Help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises and finally attain your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading for the twelfth Sunday after Trinity is from the book of Isaiah, the 29th chapter. Is it not yet a very little while till Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field and the fruitful field be esteemed as a forest? In that day the deaf shall hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the terrible one is brought to nothing, the scornful one is consumed, and all who watch for iniquity are cut off, who make a man an offender by a word, and lay snare for him who reproves in the gates, and turn aside the just by empty words. Therefore thus says the Lord, who redeemed Abraham, concerning the house of Jacob. Jacob shall not now be ashamed, nor shall his face now grow pale. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will hallow my name, and hallow the Holy One of Jacob, and fear the God of Israel. These also who erred in spirit will come to understanding, and those who complained will learn doctrine." This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from St. Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians, the third chapter. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect, because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee, 
Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephetha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Word of God, come down on earth, living rain from heaven descending. Touch our hearts and bring to birth Faith and hope and love unending. Word Almighty, we revere you. Word made flesh, we long to hear you. Word eternal, throned on high, Word that brought to life creation, Word that came from heaven to die, Crucified for our salvation, Saving Word the world restoring, Speak to us your love outpouring. Word that caused blind eyes to see, 
Speak and heal our mortal blindness. Deaf we are, our hearer be. Loose our tongues to tell your kindness. Be our word in pity spoken. Heal the world by sin broken. Word that speaks God's tender love, one with God beyond all telling. Word that sends us from above, God the Spirit with us dwelling. Word of truth to all truth lead us, Word of life with one bread feed us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude, and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephetha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. This is the word of the Lord. The pastor touches the right ear, saying, Ephetha, that is, be opened. This is a rubric from the baptismal liturgy of 1523, though the tradition of saying Ephetha over the baptismal candidate goes back in history much further than 1523. This is because of the blatant, explicit connection between the account of Jesus healing the deaf and dumb man and holy baptism. On this day, you have witnessed the connection without making the connection. A child, unable to form words and speak in coherent sentences, has nevertheless spoken with the voice of faith. The deaf and dumb man in addition to the myriad of promises and benefits, is why the church baptizes infants. In the cry of the infant at the font is the pleading voice of the father who says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. The church and her Lord say, Gladly, my child. In the quiet infant murmurs is the voice of the Ethiopian eunuch, who received the gospel of Christ and said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? The church and her Lord say, Nothing at all, dear child. Come to the font. In the inability to make individual, intelligible confession is the picture of the deaf and dumb man who could make no confession to Christ who could bring no self-worth to Christ, but who was given a confession by Christ and who was given worth by Christ. 
Ephetha, he says, that is, be opened. Not just to the ears or to the tongue does he say this, but to the whole of that man, to the whole of the baptismal candidate, and to the whole of Christendom. Be opened and receive the fullness of myself, my salvation, my promises, my gifts, and my love. Thus the meaning of this Aramaic word is essential to understanding baptism, the faith, and the miracle itself. Jesus does not tell the man to prepare himself, nor does he seek an explicit confession from that man. He simply acts upon and for that man. This is the way of Jesus commanding that the deaf hear the words of the book, that the eyes of the blind see, that the tongue of the mute speak, and that the humble be exalted. To say, be opened, is to perform a work upon that deaf and dumb man that the man himself could not do. It is a command with the same authority as that which calmed the wind and the waves, an authority of the creating God to whom all of creation bends the knee. It is a word that works upon the one to whom it is spoken. The deaf and dumb man has nothing to offer Jesus but everything to gain from him. His confession is the same as the child's at the font. I believe that I cannot believe, that I cannot speak, that I cannot live without your work upon me, O Lord. Jesus loves to hear this confession of the humble, for the way of Jesus is always concerned with doing, with giving, and with gifts of love. With this miracle, Jesus indicates something different than miracles in time past. He calls Lazarus out of the tomb by a word, and so too did he heal the man palsied and lame with a simple, effortless word. Yet here he does something different. With the deaf and dumb man, he takes the time to pull him away from the crowds, to place his touch upon the man's ailing members, to sigh and to work the work his word enacts, opening up the man to whom his word was spoken and upon whom he has given his touch. By all of this, the Lord reveals to you that if you are to be loosed from the bonds of sin and the effect of the devil's rule, and if you are to possess ears of faith ready to hear and tongues of faith ready to confess, it can only happen through the external working of Christ. Such can only be accomplished by Christ's preaching, by Christ's touch, by Christ's authority and command, and by Christ's own holy work. You are yourselves, dear children, deaf and dumb, unable to speak and unable to hear until the word of God by the Spirit opens your ears to hear, your mouth to make confession, 
and your heart to receive if you are to believe. The Lord must open your heart. If you are to confess, it is the Lord who must unstop your tongue. If you are to live, it is the Lord who must make you alive. As St. Paul writes, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. The flesh of Adam still bears the curse of sin, even as his flesh is draped over new bones in the womb of his progeny. Christ is the perfection and the perfecteur of humanity, who comes to the deaf and to the dumb, who gives them ears to hear and tongues to confess, and who comes to the dead, that they might be made alive. You do not come to the font. You are brought there. Even as an adult, you are brought there, not by your own will, but by the will and by the working of another. You are the pitiable. You are the one in need of mercy. You are the one who can do nothing to alter your state or improve your condition. It must all be by the working of another. This is the connection. How can one make confession who has no tongue to speak? How can one receive the word of the Lord who has not the unstopped ears to hear? Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man, in whom there is no help. The efficacy of baptism lies not with the deaf ears or the impeded tongue, nor does it lie in any other member or work of man. Thanks be to God for this reality. Instead, baptism's efficacy lies with the one who performs the healing work. It lies with the one who speaks the effective word, ephetha, that is, be opened. It lies with Christ, and his desire is that every deaf, dumb, blind, lame, maimed individual in all of creation would receive it and be made well. Jesus came to heal and to make alive. Thus, you need not be smart, you need not be old or young, you need not be able to make decisions or confessions or even assemble coherent sentences. You need not be anything other than dead to be made alive, deaf to be given hearing, and dumb to be given confession. How beautiful a gospel it is to know that the work of healing and of salvation through baptism is one that is not performed by man, but rather performed upon man. This work is received by man, not given. How beautiful a gospel it is to witness the man who could not hear of Jesus or make right confession of him, brought to him. How beautiful a gospel is the image of the hands upon ears, hands upon tongues, sighs unto heaven, and the command into creation that the stopped-up ears be open to receive. The Lord has heard your prayer. He has unstopped your ears. And he has unloosed your tongue. 
For you have with King David prayed, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Even more so, however, has the Lord worked upon you to open your heart, and indeed your very being, to receive him, to receive his work, to receive his life, to receive his gift. Now you too may speak plainly, unable to refrain from confessing the great works of the Lord and praising him for eternity. Amen. Let us pray. O Almighty and everlasting God, as you brought forth creation into existence in love and faithfulness, so too in the same do you continue to preserve all that you have made. Grant aid to all in need. Grant defense to the innocent and unborn. Grant plenty to those in need and an end to all unrest, violence, and needless death and grant abiding peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you have attached your word of promise to the holy sacrament of baptism you both instituted and desire for man. We give thanks to you for the washing and regeneration and the spiritual opening of hearts, minds, wills, ears, and tongues you grant in this holy sacrament. Especially on this day do we thank you for the new birth of your servants, Janet and Henry Scott. Preserve them with your saints in the true faith unto life everlasting, through your word and sacraments. Through your holy name, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, who with a word calmed the wind and the waves, grant protection and aid to all who reside in the path of harm by natural disaster. Assist the people of Iowa, defend the people of California, and preserve all in the path of hurricanes, that once again your mighty deeds may be made known to your people, and that they might praise your holy name. Through your holy name, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O great physician of body and soul, look with mercy upon your servants Cindy, Gordon, Sandra, Shelley, Cade, Ramona, Randy, Courtney, Reggie, Mabel, Alva, Rusty, Nina Sue, Carol, Shelley, and Roger. Grant them aid in their times of need, strength to endure in times of affliction, healing of body and soul, and, if it be your will, a peaceful end. Likewise, be with all who mourn, especially Bailey and her family. By your holy word and sacraments, assure them of your presence, remind them of your promises to them, and distribute your comfort and peace to them, even as you live and reign with the Father and the Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, 
and the glory forever and ever. Amen.